This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, it's Greg Hoffman from Take Command. And the best part about podcasts is they create a 25th hour in the day. Whenever I'm commuting, metro, car, even when I'm riding my bike around town, although in that case, one earphone only, safety kids, I'm always listening to podcasts. And this offseason, you can get all the insights, all the news, all the analysis, and Logan and I occasionally make a joke or two in the Take Command podcast on demand so it fits in to your busy schedule. Follow Take Command in the Odyssey app or wherever you get your pods. This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. It's time to take command with former NFL tight end Logan Paulson and former Commander's beat reporter Craig Hoffman. Take command podcast from Odyssey Sports. That is Logan Paulson. I am Craig Hoffman and it is time to get ready for the Buffalo Bills. Logan, I've heard a rumor that nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, I mean, that's that's definitely been my experience or our experience, you know. So, um, like, should I tell that story now or should I wait till the end? Say, I, well, that's just an old Chris Berman reference from yeah. NFL Primetime. Is that, is that, is that what he says all the time? The yeah, wagons? Yeah, nobody circles the wagons he, uh, like yeah. the Buffalo Bills. Uh, yeah. E- they, they do have a great e- fan base. Great fan yeah, base. They there. do. But you also, uh, I don't know, Josh Allen's career, you uh, you triggered it uh, no. right back into the right direction a couple years ago. So there's that, too. <laughs> that's like total serendipity. Like, it was on this show. Like, it was like it was week three, kind of same deal. And about, and he, they looked not good. He, he specifically didn't look very good. And I remember we were like, yeah, he looks a little unsettled. He's not seeing his throws, not seeing his reads. And then that was the game where it was like 42 to 14 or whatever. And he looked like he was a, you know, MVP candidate. I think he was an MVP candidate for that year. So obviously like all analysis will be catched with that kind of in mind that, you know, Josh Allen, no matter how bad he looks, can swing it back the other way. No problem. So just uh, keep that in mind as you're listening today. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I was on It's Always Game Day in Buffalo. And by the way, uh, the co-host of It's Always Game Day in Buffalo, Sal Capaccio, will join us later on in this show. But I was on with his co-host, Matt, yesterday. And he's like, you know, Allen has one of these games per year uh, where you you just you're like, what are you doing, man? And he has like four or five bad throws and they get picked off. And everyone's like, what's wrong with Josh Allen? And then he always bounces right back with something great and uh, fortunately for the bills he got it out of the way in week one this year which is moderately terrifying so uh with that let's dive right in what do you see when you watch this bills team on tape through two weeks uh offensively and and then we'll get into what the commanders can do to try and stop it yeah obviously uh, i mean if you watch both games let's start with the jets game the jets game i thought the jets did a really good job of kind of uh getting after him with a four-man rush they you know they got those kind of dynamic pass rushers Quinn Williams, uh, Huff is another guy. They've got all those draft picks they've invested 
and the offensive line for the Bills is is fine. They're not like there's nobody on there that you go like, oh wow, this guy's amazing. This guy's like, you know what I'm saying? They've got some young players. They've got uh, Spencer Brown, who I, I really like coming out of uh, Northern Iowa a couple years ago. He's six eight, like that three twenty, but moves like a basketball player. I think he might have been a basketball player at Northern Iowa. Um, but again, still like really raw in terms of how he sets guys. It gives up a lot of pressure. Osiris Torrance is a rookie from Florida. He was their second round pick. I know a lot of people wanted him to come here. He has actually been consistent, but I just think he's not as like his footwork is not good enough to match up with a more athletic three technique like um, like Deron Payne, for example. And Deron would line up. Deron would line up to his side in the game. Quentin Williams lined up to the other side against uh, Connor McGovern, who I actually think is a pretty solid football player. Like he, he's very consistent, but again, when you're going against Quentin Williams, not great. And then their left, their left tackle is Deion Dawkins, who again is kind of maybe encapsulates the group. And what I mean by that is like he is some plays you're like, wow, that dude's amazing, and then other, other times you're like, that dude's terrible. And so I think like that's kind of how their offensive line is. They're they're a good group, but they have high highs and they have low lows. And I think um, the Jets' defense was able to exploit that. And the Jets, I thought, did a good job of kind of matching in between like really aggressive coverage structures so like man uh you know match coverages zone match coverages and then playing really really soft coverages um and uh and those soft coverages i felt like were really unsettling to him you know i feel like he like there's a there's a good sequence in the las vegas game where you kind of look at his big time throws for example and in the red zone um or las vegas excuse me they bring a pressure uh, the left the right tackle spencer brown gets beat he steps up violently he makes the linebacker miss and throws this absolute dart on a dig to the crosser i think it was dalton knox their tight end and it was just like amazing then to kind of like marry that the next sequence in terms of big plays for him is the same thing it's a four-man rush and this is against new york jets it's a four-man rush, and they play a soft coverage structure. And he does the same thing. He steps up, and he looks up to make this throw, but it's zone, right? So, like, there's no immediate answer for him to make the throw. And so he forces the ball into coverage, and I believe it's picked off. So that's kind of what I see from, from that group, right? Is like, when there's – when like, he, he is so – Josh Allen is so – like, he's a guy who really is just, like, out there playing ball. You know what I mean? Like when you watch him, he's just out there letting it rip. He's not on time. He's not in rhythm. He is occasionally, but most of the time he's like, let's well, just make a play. Yeah, I was going to say, like watching the Vegas game back, it is pretty interesting to me because I feel like there is a lot of on rhythm stuff in that game. And he was he was awesome. He in was that great game. in that game. Um, I mean, you you look at like the, you know, I was looking at the chart just a minute ago of the the pressure and depth chart. Um, you you know what I'm talking about on PFF. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, so it's just like it breaks the field into one, two, three, four, twelve components, like behind the line of scrimmage, uh, zero to ten yards, ten to twenty yards, twenty plus, and then uh outside left between the numbers, outside right. And it's just like three for three, four for four, seven for eight, seven for seven, one for one, yeah. two for two. Like he is, there's like he's no, got the, he's, got the, the he's got the highest completion percentage in the NFL over two weeks. Like yeah. don't get it twisted. Like he's excellent. But what I mean by timing and rhythm to your point is like he gets to his drop and he's waiting to throw the football because his arm is an absolute laser beam. So he can wait a second and then he can throw an absolute fireball in there 
it'd be a little bit off yeah. rhythm. Go ahead. But I think I think the difference though, like people hear that and they assume he's just like sitting back there bouncing up and down like Sam does sometimes. It's not, yeah, like, it's that. not like that. Like no. he might be a little off rhythm, but he makes up the timing with the arm strength. Yeah. But the ball gets out. And like that was the thing in the Vegas game when they went on that run where they you have his time to throw on there. Is, is his time uh, to throw on there? I can I can look it up in a second. Yeah. Um, I have to go to the next gen stats, but I can I can look yeah. that up in a second, or William can look that up and throw it in the chat for us. Um, but he gets the top of his drop and it's business time. Like when he gets the top of his drop, sure, he might wait a half tick extra, but if it's not there down the field, he will check it down. Like he will throw the ball to the underneath stuff. And so it's going to be really important for Barton and for Davis and for Cam Curl and whoever else winds up, you know, if one of the corners or, you know, Derek Force drops down as an underneath defender to rally to the football because he will check it down quickly or he'll take off and run. So like you've got to, if they're going to play a lot of soft shell zone type of stuff, like, yeah, your eyes are on the quarterback, but you got to be ready to react. And you also have to stay super disciplined because if he starts to take off, you can't just go chase him because he can throw the ball. It feels like he could th- you know, be running to his right and throw the ball back to the left sideline underhanded and still have it go 80 miles an hour because his yeah. arm is that strong. So he, he will get the ball out relatively quick. Like he will get the ball out what feels like quickly, even if it's not necessarily on rhythm. And then depending on the game situation, yeah, he will bounce, um, you know, a little bit. But, you know, I guess, well, William just got the, the goal line stat. You know, red zone, different story because you're trying to make a play down there. There's no real checking down as much in the red zone. It holds it on average for 3.1 seconds before throwing. But in the field of play last week, like I felt like the ball came out very quickly. Yeah. And also, I mean, so like, not to like, again, like, so one of the things about last week is I felt like they were really like, hey, man, like, let's give you some easy opportunities here. You know what I mean? Like, let's yep. kind of limit some of your downfield opportunities. And that's what they did. Like, early, I think they go three and out, and it's like, on third and 10, because they had two runs to start the drive, that he just checks the ball down for like a five-yard gain, right? Then the next series, they get the ball out of the 30-yard line, really advantageous field position. And it's like, it's run, run, little swing pass. Um, and then again, even in this sequence, the right tackle loses to Max Crosby. Again, a lot of guys going to lose to Max Crosby. He steps up violently and then gets in there and throws a, a shallow cross to the tight end. And then they end up in fourth down. They, they convert on a sneak. Next play is a run for a touchdown. So, again, I felt like they were really trying to limit what they do. But in terms of what I'm watching, he is not – like, it's not fast. The process is not fast. Like, he's trying to go, like, get open at the mailbox and let's make a play. And he's good at it. I think that's what makes him special. Like, William just got it for us. Time to throw is 2.84, which is crazy high. If you want to be in that 2.5 range. And I think Sam's probably right around there, too, if I were to guess. So, very long time to throw. But he's he's good at it because he's big and he's physical and he can do these crazy things with his arms. Like even on the play that I described when we first started the segment where he's stepping up, he's stepping up hard to his left, opening his shoulders like to the left and then throwing back to his right. Like and there's just not a lot of people on on this planet who can do that. You know, like he is like in the red zone, same game against Las Vegas. He's sprinting hard to his right. There's nobody there. He delivers across his body, like over his left shoulder. He's running to the right over his left shoulder, an absolute dart in between like five defenders. So he does have this like, it's like risk reward is not there for him. It's like, I'm going for it all the time. And I think they're trying to manage that. It, like when you watch that Vegas game, they're definitely trying to to manage who he is and what he does. And I think like that's, um, 
that that's kind of like what you get from that offense is like it's this got this crazy like boom or bust feel to it when you watch and a lot of it is because he's the quarterback and he that's how he plays and um, again they've got some playmakers outside Stefan Diggs Gabe Davis like those guys are good football players they got Dalton Kincaid at tight end who they drafted in the first round to kind of be that move chess piece I haven't been that impressed with him in terms of like his speed and kind of being that mismatch f guy but and then they got Cooks in the backfield. So they do have like these playmakers that are very fast and dynamic, but it really is like Josh Allen. You know, like if, if Kirk Cousins was in this offense, it would feel very different. Like Josh has, it's like Josh is like Patrick Mahomes without the rate limiter on him. You know what I mean? Like without that, you know, like Patrick Mahomes does a good job of like managing risk really well. Like he does crazy right. stuff, but the risk is managed. Like Josh Allen is like, no, dude, like we are full send. And it's almost, it's almost every play, and so that's where I was really impressed with the offensive coaching staff. Who's the who's the offensive coordinator? He's the old quarterback. It's Dorsey. Uh, Is that it? Yeah, Ken, Ken Dorsey. Dorsey. Yeah, um, and he was just like, "We are going to have like reins on you for a long time in this game until it's time for you to make a play." And I think if they if that is that is the that's the best case scenario for Washington, I think also because you limit like what makes him good. And then when it's when they take the reins off in those third and medium situations, like getting those soft zone structures, rush with a four man rush, let him pat that football, and then let him throw you the football, like you know, because that's really what I think, like where the double edged short is with him, if that makes sense. Hey everyone, this is Brett Boone. Would you know it? I've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year. Tune in as I sit down with my friends, some of the biggest names in sports, media, entertainment, for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations. As you know, baseball's been my life. It's been in the family for a long time, but it's a lot more than that here. It's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track. Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone Podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, because there was, like I said, in that stretch where they start get going, um, he is getting the ball out quickly. Like the reins are on, like you said. And I think what is impressive about Allen is this is a guy that had like a 59 or it was like maybe even lower than that completion percentage in college. And there was real concerns. Like, can but he make those first couple throws? of years was terrible. Yeah, too. it was, it was bad. So like, you know, to see him go like, you know, zero to 10 yards to his right, he's like seven of seven last game. It's like, yeah, he wouldn't have gone seven for seven earlier in his career. Like when the reins are on, he would still throw the ball into the ground or throw it outside of somebody or throw it over their head. Now he can do that basic stuff. And then he does the special Josh Allen stuff where he's holding it longer and, and goes on, um, you know, still with a lot higher. Like he's obviously that the numbers don't lie. The average um, it's like two point eight, nine, I think is where PFF has it. The stat that William pulled from has two point eight four, you know, per attempt. It's like two point seven, seven. It's a yeah, so thing. like, you know, per, per actual throw attempt, it's it's 2.77. So that even takes out, I guess, the sacks or like when he scrambles or whatever, yeah. um, not just per drop back. And still, that's that's pretty high. Um, it's also pretty much exactly where Sam is. Um, right. But, you know, he uh, he he very clearly is doing that for a long time. And also when he holds it, like he holds it for a long time to pull yeah. that number up because there are these plays where it's like, boom, out, boom, out, boom, out. Um, but uh, so yeah, it, that it, point it, though, it's like, it's, you look well, at, I was going to say it stresses your defense everywhere. Right. It's yeah. like, Oh, is he going to check it down? You know? Okay. We got to be able to rally and tackle. He's a running threat, but also we've got to stay back and we've got to stay disciplined in scramble situations because he can literally touch with his arm or his legs, yeah. every blade of grass. And that is super stressful. The most stressful thing arguably for a defense. Yeah. And I think, you know, like to your point is like, 
I kind of want him to be in that situation where he's like, where he's trying to extend the play. Cause I feel like it again, like that hurts you because that's where he finds big plays, but also that's where he like, turns it over. That's where he's made some bad decisions, especially in the first two weeks. Like obviously like he goes through these spells where he makes bad decisions and then makes good decisions. And that's kind of been his MO his whole career. But like, I look at him and, and especially against the jets, like he's running out to his left and he has probably 20 yards of green grass in front of him. He looks downfield. There's a post in cover two and there's, and he's trying to throw the post versus cover two, like running away back to his right to the middle of the field. Now that ball is yeah. launched out there, but there's three dudes standing right there for, for the yeah. Jets, and they make a pick. So like for whatever reason, he's got like this you – know, I heard someone on PFF describe it as like he's got this inability to kind of like check himself, and it shows up. Like even in the red zone against Las Vegas, that touchdown that he threw when he's running to his right, throwing back to his left. Dude, that is – ridiculous he should not throw that ball though you know what i'm saying yeah. like the one it's like he's trying to be patrick mahomes and instead of like you know when patrick mahomes everyone steps up and he just lobs it right over the guys wide open it's like he's throwing a dart between like into the teeth of that las vegas defense yeah. and like it, that is so close to being tipped and then like intercepted you know like it's just so close but that's what he brings though he brings these incredible plays that like not even patrick mahomes can can participate in because like of his talent his athleticism but it's also like he doesn't he doesn't regulate himself, you know? And so like you get this really long time to throw. You get like some of these like off schedule plays that are amazing. But with those amazing plays, you get some of these kind of insane plays, like these these ill-advised throws. And I think that's where Washington's defense has to capitalize, if I was gonna say, right? They have to be able to say they have to unsettle him the way the Jets did. Four man rush, pressure. Man, man looks, zone looks. The zone looks were awesome, and this team does a good job in zone, and they do a good job in match, but get him unsettled enough so that he doesn't know exactly what he's looking at. He's not like – like when you play uh, – who's an example? Uh, like Tom Brady, for example. It's hard to disguise what you're doing. Here I feel like you can do it a little bit better. I feel like he's a very smart guy, Josh Allen, but I feel like you can get him a little – he can get got with some different defensive looks. And if you can get him, get him to throw you the football – I think it'd be in a really good spot. So yeah. So the you know the turnover, uh, you the know, turnover battle. Space. That's yeah, that. yeah. Yeah. Hey, you gotta win the turnover battle. Um, <laughs> but, but, that's not, but the that's way you, you do, do it yeah. is like you have to take advantage of the opportunities presented. You will get advantages. Yes. And like in this game, like we always joke about the NBA is a make or miss league. Like sometimes you get good shots in terms of shot quality, and sometimes they go in, and sometimes they don't. Don't. Sure. And that's you know the good teams make shots more often. Um, the good defenses, when the ball is thrown to them, catch it. The right. bad ones are on the receiving end of the announcer going, and that's why that guy plays defense. Right. And so, like, at the end of the day, it's not like some – yeah, there's the schematic of, like, can you fool him? Can you get his own blitz and someone dropping off? and Or can you show a certain – you know, a cover two shell and then rotate into cover three and, and he throws you one because he thinks it's two? Like, there's all that schematic stuff that, that Del Rio's got to figure out. But at the end of the day, like, when that stuff happens – do you catch the football? Sure. That is that is going to be the difference in winning and losing the turnover battle this week on the on the creation side of it. And so, yeah, that's my uh, that's my analysis. Win the turnover yeah. battle. How but, catch the football? But also, like to even simplify that even more, one of the things that sticks out to me is like I feel like you remember uh, this was like two thousand one when everyone started playing like Tampa two to the Kansas City Chiefs and Mahomes mm -hmm. was getting really frustrated and throwing more picks than normal. Right? Does that make yeah. sense? Like, yeah, I feel like teams are kind of doing that to Josh a little bit. You know what I mean? They're kind of playing these softer coverage structures. 
And Josh does not have the patience to be like, oh, let me just – it's not there. Let me run. Let me check the ball down. He's like, I'm going to try and throw it over the top of this, like, crazy quarter zone coverage, you know? So I think it's even simpler than that, you know? It's like you have to catch a football, obviously, but it's like get in these get in these more conservative zone structures, let yeah. your four-man rush eat, and make, make him be yeah. patient. Make Which, by the patient. way – is conducive to success for Washington based off what we saw last week where the busts happen when they start to get a little more complicated. And it's like, just be simple and play it well and see if he'll do something dumb. Like sometimes that's the, that's the way to do it is like, yeah, yeah, you know, it's cover four. you see it. Okay. You want to try to beat it with your arm? Go ahead. Yeah. Old Manny Forbes back there running around. Yeah. Yeah. I think, like if I was gonna say, obviously you need to mix it. You can't just do one thing. Sure, right. But mix mix it up. But I think like that those softer zone structures, especially with guys like Cam back there, Forrest back there. You mentioned Forbes already and, and Fuller. Like use those skill sets, man. Like get get back in those softer structures and make him be patient. Let that four man rush eat. Now I think the other thing is I think Buffalo knows that they obviously showed that they know that because when you watch the Las Vegas game, they're like hyper aware of like we're not going to give him an opportunity to do this until we feel like he's settled into the game a little bit so like can you force them into those opportunities early by being good on first and second down i think would be the other thing and i thought las vegas in the first half did a pretty darn good job of that and then in the second half obviously gets away from him a little bit but. yeah all right last thing real quick on this matchup before we flip the field um they've got to finish on the pass rush as well um, because yeah. he is a guy that will break tackles in the He's pocket and, yep. and bringing him down as a bore. Um, and there's also got to be, you know, you talk about Chase Young's discipline as a rusher yes. and obviously everyone else as well. Like this is a big week for that. Um, what do you see from him as in terms of his mobility and his, his uh, likeliness or likelihood to get out of the pocket and how Washington can combat that? Yeah, I think that's a really good question. Because uh, what, like, like what, like what I talked about is, I feel like you said you you saw a guy who's on time, and I feel like I see a guy who's a little bit, a little bit antsy with his is with, with his feet and ready, like ready to move and extend. I guess is what I'm saying. Like he's he's yeah. like ready to do that if that makes sense. So yeah, well, because like sometimes it it just I I guess the way I would describe it is I feel like he has a pretty good internal clock, like. He, Sometimes I'm like, I'm not even like, at it, least through the first two games, especially against the Jets. Now it's different versus Vegas, whatever. Right. But sometimes I feel like he's so ready to like go that he's not right. seeing what's there. He's just like, he's like, yeah, he's, no, that's, you know that's a good like, way to describe it. I think you've captured what I'm trying to say far better, which is like, Sometimes it's like the ball is out now, ball is out yeah. now, ball is right. out now. And then sometimes it's like, I got to run now. I got to run. Now. And it's like, not actually the way you should process it. Correct. Yeah. The, the good news is for him is sometimes that means the ball gets out quickly and a guy can go make a play and right. it works out. Like that's, that is far better than holding the ball back there and, and <sighs> patting it forever and letting a, a rush come get you. But there is that like, Un, almost like anxiousness to yes, do something yes, quickly word. and sometimes like he caught a groove in that vegas game in the middle of the game and it works out for him other times it can lead to whether it's throwing you know you just totally miss a defender you throw a pick or he runs and he misses something down the field or it's like oh god oh god oh god and you just like see him kind of winding himself up in the yeah. pocket because something isn't there yeah it's weird like i think i think it's his footwork like he's like He's like real like there's times where he's really smooth and he gets back there and he's on rhythm. And then there's a lot of times where it's like choppy, like anxious, almost like Peyton Manning type feet. And it, I, you could tell he's getting a little bit, 
he's getting anxious. That's that's the word for it. And he wants to do something. He wants to make a play. So he's, you know, and I, so I think so for me, if you get him anxious, he does scramble around. And he's very good at it. He's very strong. He's and again, he's got this arm that can touch anywhere on the field. Um, and I think you got to have excellent rush discipline. You really do. You got to be rushing together because I, I remember the when we played the Bills the first time. This was you know what was that two thousand one. Um, we were doing the show, uh, and they out there. Two thousand twenty-one. Yeah, two thousand twenty-one. Yeah. That's what I meant. Sorry, we definitely weren't doing it in two thousand one. Yes, I was eleven years old. Two thousand twenty-one. Um, you know, Chase had a couple rushes where he's getting really high in the rush, and Josh Josh escapes to the right, and then either scrambles for a first down or throws the ball for for a touchdown. And like that's what Josh Allen does. So you have to be put your big boy pants on as a rusher and be like, we have to do our job this week now. I think Jamin showed last week that he can spy pretty much anybody in the NFL with his speed. That's true. You too. can't you can't do that every play, obviously. But right. like, can Jack kind of mix some stuff in here to kind of give him an opportunity to be successful? So that would be my thought with that. And again, like, um, he he is he's a handful. Like, he's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL for a reason. So even we talk yeah. about all these kind of deficiencies in his game, but he's he's an excellent football player. So yeah. He's awesome. MVP caliber. Uh, and by right. the way, the guys he's got to throw to are pretty darn good too. Stefan Diggs, DMV, he a Terp, stand up. Uh, Gabe Davis, <laughs> like they, they got they got weapons. You know the Dalton the Dalton duo uh, at tight end. Like they got yeah. they got some dudes uh, for sure.